Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And we're continuing on this concept of sexuality. And uh, we've talked last episode about the difference between uh, men and women. And we're going to do a few episodes, I think, probably, on the concept of women's sexuality. Because it is a big one, uh, a high uh, percentage of women have issues with sexuality, um, struggle with whether it's desire issues or uh, struggle with arousal issues. And there's a lot of reasons for that that we want to talk about. But uh, really, in a sense, as, as we discuss this, you may get the, the understanding that kind of we've come to as we've planned this and talked about this, that really, in a lot of ways, uh, women have been robbed in the sexuality <laughs> category. That's a good word for it. I mean, that's why we're talking about sexuality for women, is mm-hmm. if you may, which one's the mystery, the sexuality for men or sexuality for women? Yes. It's the women who... Uh, there's a lot more misunderstanding, and unfortunately, like what Sherry's talking about culturally, mm-hmm. um, robbed is a really good word for it. Yes, yes, a lot of concepts around that um, culturally. So let's let's talk about that a little bit better. So why do we see such high levels of arousal issues, um, low sex drive uh, for women? What is going on? Where's the disparity? between sex being good and sex being bad, right? We have sort of, I mean, you know, we've got some good girl syndrome stuff that we want to talk about, but also just like, I know sex is good, but how, why am I not able to get there? So that's a lot of, of what happens for women. Uh, I want to have a good sexual relationship, but I don't know how to get to that place. I just don't. How do I increase that desire? How do I increase the the arousal and things like that uh, in my life? So let's talk about why. Why is this happening? Why? A lot of and, good whys, right? Yes, there's a lot. There's so much here. So <laughs> I know there's a lot here. A, a definite big one when you talk about why is there such a disparity is men just know their bodies better. Yes. This is obvious why they know yes. their body. But sometimes I think women don't think about this. Right. As much, right? I think when women are struggling with arousal, when they're struggling with desire, they just are, oh yeah, like, you know, men just think about sex a lot more or something right. like that. But there's so much more to it. Men know their arousal pattern. They know right how they are aroused much better than women simply by fact of that their genitalia are on the outside of their body. So right. they see it right? and they have, they touch their genitalia way more than women do like way more than women do. Right. 
Um, in fact, some women even are taught. So some women don't ever even actually ever touch their genitalia when they're in the bathroom. There's, you know, they're using toilet paper. They're not actually touching their genitalia when they're in the shower. A lot of women are taught, you know, use a rag, you know, something like that. So they're still not actually touching their genitalia where men are touching themselves on a daily basis. Yeah, and you think about why do men know their own arousal cycle so mm-hmm. well? Well, that's why. I mean, yeah. from the time they start to sexually mature, I mean, they're already touching, they're already familiar, it's you're showering. Mm-hmm. Um, and the disadvantage women have because it's not external. Yes. And so it's it's like you have to intentionally be trying to do something where with men, it, you don't have to be intentionally trying to do anything. Just yes. in process of doing normal things like showering mm-hmm. or using the bathroom. Well, so. and I think you're talking about two concepts there. I mean, first of all, you, um, first of all, for men, the arousal, when they are aroused, they know what is happening with their body, right? There, there is a visual confirmation right. of arousal, right? So that is one thing um, that is really important to note because because women's genitalia is internal, a lot, most of it is internal, a lot of it is internal, and it's difficult to maybe see the rest of it. Um, they don't often know what happens to their bodies when they are aroused. And so it is not uncommon for women to be physically aroused and have their body actually responding and for them to not actually realize that that Mm. is even happening. Right. Because again, a lot of things are internal that are going on, right? The, the vaginal walls will secrete, right? And for men, their secretions are very obvious, right? Right. Um, and for women, they're not, uh, for men, you know, we'll just, you know, kind of talk about some of the sexual arousal things that happen. So for men, like everyone knows, men will, the penile area gets engorged, right? They will get an erection. Women have blood flow into uh, the labia, into the vaginal areas. Um, their vagina actually will extend and grow longer um, in order to be prepared for sex. Uh, but you don't see that, right? right. Um, and women especially are not going to see that on their own bodies, right? In fact, sometimes men will notice that more than women will if you're having a sexual encounter. Right. But the women may still not have any idea that that's actually occurring for them. So the the effects of arousal are just much more visual for men and and obvious for men and so they're going to they're going to see that and so they understand oh this is what happens when i'm aroused and so their their mental arousal state and their physical arousal state tend to be much more connected than mm-hmm. women's mental and physical arousal states And so the other piece of what David was saying with genitalia being external is that 
the genitalia is getting aroused more, if that makes sense. So there's more touching that's occurring. Right. And so there's more chance for arousal, mm-hmm. right? Uh, for example, the, and this might sound so foreign to women, but men can be aroused by their pants touching their body, right? Or in the shower, washing themselves or whatever, because they're stimulating or it's being stimulated. It's not an intentional, I'm trying to arouse myself, but it is a stimulation that is occurring simply by nature of their genitalia being external and coming into contact with things more often. Right. And so that's another big difference and reason why women tend not to have as much knowledge of sexuality. They're just not coming, having as much stimulation in their lives. Right. I mean, you, you think of like if there was some way to measure arousal and arousal over the course of a lifetime, mm-hmm. any kind of arousal, mm-hmm. you imagine the difference and what the numbers would be between Simply. men and women just because of location. Yes. Just because of where their yes. genitalia is located. Yes. And that helps to piece this together. Why and have it's some so more different understanding. for women. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that's, that's one thing right? Just the location of genitalia changes things a lot for men and women, or it's just going to be a very different experience. So men know their bodies better in general. They know what their genitalia looks like. They know what happens when their bodies are aroused. They know what arouses their bodies so much better, all simply because of the external genitalia. And Go ahead. It, it occurs to me hearing all this that hopefully one of the things you take from the podcast is maybe more understanding, more empathy. Yes. I think men tend to be seen as, um, can be seen as uh, maybe not dirty, maybe not... Um, Just constantly thinking about sex. Constantly maybe. thinking about sex, uh, more sexual, but sort of in a uh, you shouldn't be way. Mm, but yeah. hopefully this concept gives you perspective on it's not some intentional I'm trying to be devious or something. It's not mm-hmm. just by virtue of what we're talking about, um, men right. are going to be more sexual. Yeah. And it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe yeah, just Yeah, it's some, not like a bad thing. It's just by nature of what's by going nature. on for their and bodies so, and as opposed to women's bodies. Yeah, maybe more understanding around why there's such a difference. And, and hopefully being men so listening. sexual. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully men listening can go, oh, so when my wife hopefully is sort of struggling yeah. with this or when she just doesn't seem to be as sexual, there's a reason why. There's a lot going on there um, right. that's different for women. But also hopefully women can understand their own bodies better and understand, oh, and I'm sure for probably for a lot of men listening, they're going, oh my goodness, my spouse has no idea (laughs) what arouses them. Which you think about if you assume that they know and they just don't care or they don't ever choose to, Mm -hmm. therefore they're just not sexual beings. Mm -hmm. Uh Hopefully this also is creating a lot of empathy and understanding because it's just, we're not talking apples to apples here. Yes, not at all. 
not at all. So empathy and understanding, hopefully both ways from yes. this. Yes. And, and as we're talking about this, this is, we're talking about the, the concept in general that women, why women tend to have these experiences in their life, right. but we're not going to stop there. We are going to talk about, okay, how do you regain your sexuality? How do you embrace your sexuality? That is definitely something that um, is coming up in future podcast episodes. So please stay tuned to that. We're not just going to throw out here and go, yeah, this is kind of lame. Women got robbed. Have fun with that, (laughs) right? Um, We want to talk about how do we change that uh, for women. So again, right now we're just talking about the why. Why has this occurred why is this such a pattern? Uh, and that first one is a really big deal that mm-hmm. we just don't think about the significance of. Definitely not think about enough. Yeah. Yep. So the second one is culture. And boy, this encompasses a million things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we could talk about it for a really we long really time. Could. But I think everyone can see the concept that men are seen as more sexual in culture, in our culture. Yep. So men, men are sexual. That's part of who they are. That's part of their identity. It's supposed to be. Um, and then women are not sexual. And typically if they are sexual, they're a slut. Right. It's a positive grown up. If yes. a man is sexual, this is this is somebody that the other boys kind of envy or, or look up to in a way. Yeah. Um, they could brag about it, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. um, but not with girls. Yeah. This is not going to be something that you're going to be proud of. Yeah. And, and I would definitely say that culture is changing. Yeah. So it's definitely not as strong as we've, you know, seen it, say, even even 20 years ago, but certainly, you know, 50, 70 years ago, um, this is very, very, very ingrained, but we're still seeing it quite a bit today. So, so for women, sexuality is, is not a thing. You, you don't, you're not sexual. Women are not sexual. They're not really into sex. They don't think about sex. And if they do, they're a slut or something something wrong with them or it's it's bad right. if they're sexual yeah like it's not a it's not a plus it's not a positive it's not a benefit mm-hmm. although later on when people are married and struggle with sexual issues yes. that can change quick mm-hmm. when somebody has not been sexual it can create a lot of issues where those who have been sexual or have more sexual experience, that actually becomes a benefit in the relationship. Yeah. You know more about a lot of what's going on. So it's kind of interesting. Yes, yes. And of course, we're not saying like, oh, go have tons of sexual experiences, you know, before marriage so that you have more knowledge. No. We're just saying that that, that role for women gets confusing because it flips because beforehand you're not supposed to be sexual and yet then coming into a marriage if you're not sexual and you've pushed that down a lot because of what society is saying then it's going to cause issues in the relationship right so 
if you're not allowed to be sexual as a female or if that's not considered a good thing, you're not a good person, a good woman, good girl, if you are, um, if you are sexual, a sexual being, then what does that end up looking like? And that is where the good girl syndrome comes in where, you know, your whole life up to the point of marriage, especially in conservative, uh, families, conservative culture, uh, and religious culture, you are really taught not to be sexual. You don't right. think about it. You don't feel it. You, you push all of that away a lot. And the good girl syndrome then is, well, then you get married and now you have problems because right. all it's of a sudden It's not a light I'm switch that just flips. To, yes. All of a sudden you're supposed to flip that switch and suddenly be, enjoy sex and suddenly sex is good and, and wonderful. And I'm supposed to be really into that space and you don't, it's not a switch. <laughs> right. And so that causes a lot of arousal issues. It causes a lot of um, desire issues, even to the point where females, women may have felt fairly, uh, fairly sexual before they got married in dating relationships and things like that. You'll see that where, um, they're, they have arousal, they have desire. Uh, and lots of men will say when we were dating, they were yes. definitely more sexual. And then you get married and then there's this almost light switch off. Right. Yep. And so this is a lot where that comes from. There are other things too that we'll talk about where that comes from, but that's one of them is that uh, there's this feeling of arousal and excitement around a partner, uh, but we're not having sex because, you know, you've chosen not to perhaps, or, um, and then that marriage thing happens and now we're supposed to have sex, but I've got all of these cultural things that have been right. happening. Right. So, um, so again, good girl syndrome is, is one of the results of this culture that women aren't sexual. They're not supposed to be sexual. And, and really this comes, this goes back to, uh, the industrial revolution and things like that, where prior to men leaving the home to work, when everyone was working together, you can go back and see really this, uh, this culture of, of equality with sexuality, um, where men and women were, were both seen as sexual beings when everyone's working on the farm together, everyone's look, working for their own subsistence and whatever. Uh, even before that, there was more, uh, a feeling, a, a culture of equality with sexuality. And as, uh, men started leaving the home to work or there was this separateness between them, that's when you start seeing that cultural, cultural shift that, oh, well, women aren't sexual. And it's, again, uh, this 
men protecting what's theirs. Well, if women aren't sexual and they're taught not to be sexual and you're not a sexual being, then it's going to be okay for me to leave the home. Right. Because nothing's going to happen because they're not sexual. So there's this, this, uh, shift that comes because of that. Um, and it's, it is part of the patriarchal, uh, culture that that happens and and i'm not a super you know huge huge down the uh the feminist space but there are just some things and we are definitely a culture run by men uh still and we have been for a very long time and so you will see the influences that come through that and i'm not men bashing at all Um, it's just how things tend to flow when one is more in charge. Right. And not, not because it was, you know, uh, not the best thing or not the, um, best thing for the family, just the way it ended up. And I think that that's had a big impact and it's important Mm -hmm. to consider the impact. Mm -hmm. And to understand that, because sometimes when we get steeped in our own culture, we don't see that that's not necessarily what is it's what we've decided as a culture is does that make sense so if we understand that before this time period women were culturally seen as just as sexual as men we can see it's not necessarily just a body difference and there are some body differences there that can affect things but we've created culturally the discrepancy between men and women we much more than what actually contributed. is. Yep. So these are again, why's why this concept, why the low sex drive is such a big thing. Why lower arousal is such a big thing. And that we have a few other things that we want to talk about that are big Um, They're going to take more time to get into. So we're going to leave you cliffhanging on this. But one of the concepts that we want to talk about is the importance of acceptance for women of their sexuality and embracing their sexuality and being able to move into a space where they can see themselves as sexual beings and really enjoy that part of their life, accept that part of their life get excited about it, look forward to it. And even as I'm saying these phrases, I'm thinking, I know clients, I know other people, other women in my life that I can even just, as I'm saying that, think, wow, they would probably freak out by that sentence and go, oh, whoa, I can be excited about sexuality. Definitely. I can look forward to it. I can think about it. It's like you, you're not allowed to. You don't yes. have permission to. Yeah. And so what we want to do in these episodes is is start to shift that. If that is you, no shame. This is a culturally developed thing. Um, but we'd love for you to have permission in your life to feel excited about it, to feel excited about sex, to look forward to sex, to um, enjoy thinking about sex um, because you are a sexual being. And we mentioned in the last 
episode and we'll mention, I'm sure again, as we move forward, even uh, with more episodes on this, that, that women, how do I say this? We think a lot about, you know, spiritually, right? There's this very religious, you know, and religion and sex get kind of messy for, especially for women. Right. And one of the things that I like to, to mention to women and talk to women about when it comes to sexuality and God. So we think about God and we think about sex and we don't put those together at all. Right. But we're created. Women are created with an actual organ solely designed for sexual pleasure and men are not. And so we think about the permission giving to be sexual and to think about sexual things and to enjoy sexual things. Sometimes it's helpful to realize that and to think about that, that women have an organ solely designed for sexual pleasure and men don't. So that's some pretty good permission giving. It's kind of just accepting exactly who you are, not yes. not who we're trying to tell you to be or make you into being or anybody putting this on you. No, this is your own body. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's a really good way to say it. This is women are designed. We are designed to be sexual beings. And, you know, we're probably going to talk about this in future episodes as well. But when you think about orgasm Mm -hmm. and the ability women have to have multiple orgasms, Mm -hmm. there's further proof. Yes. So honoring just the way your body was designed and built um, should give you permission to be sexual or more sexual. So again, we're going to keep talking about this. So tune into future episodes And we'll get into a lot more details and a lot more moving forward of how do women embrace their sexuality. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.